Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Swung on, lined to deep left field. It is gone! It went! Batista's going to wave goodbye. Start the fireworks show. This is the Disgusting Baseball Podcast, episode 203. I am your host, Matt Alliance, And in this week's episode, we'll be rolling along with our series previews, talking about over-unders for the Guardians, discuss the Guardians' latest spring training roster cuts, and of course, answer your questions. Joining me for all that morning, Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how you doing? Are we, are we going with a new name? Yeah. Did you, uh, I know you follow the... Uh, in the corner account on Twitter, man. Sure I do not do. actually. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is the thing. We get to be our new name now because when this comes out, it will be the feed will still be the cover in the corner feed, but then by okay. Wednesday, we're supposed to have everything and then we can okay because uh, the bank collapse. That's right. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I think they're related, but <laughs> I assume everything's attached to that. These we days, actually had so all of our mean. podcast assets in SPV. <laughs> oh, god, all my cryptos. <laughs> Yeah, but for anybody listening now and is confused, this is still the way I, I described it in the, the teaser was a podcast very similar to but legally distinct from the Covering the Corner podcast. It's it's basically the same thing. Um, the Around the Corner guys will be here too, doing theirs on every Wednesday and will probably release on Thursdays. But um, for now, this do is they, our new podcast name. Which Do they okay, have a title? It's still Around the Corner. I mean, it still works. We just couldn't use... As long as you didn't have the name, oh, right, yeah. Because I, I mean, that's they, kind of... <laughs> they got to get on our synergy, sense, yeah. you know? Like, like... Yeah. Little gross babies or something like that. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, just spitballing you. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> uh, what is it? Like disgust around the corner? There we go. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Disgusting prospects. <laughs> Disgusting, Disgusting prospects. prospects. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was at first my only, because I mean, we went back and forth for names forever and you suggested this one. We just kind of blew by it at first. I'm like, I, I kind of like disgusting baseball. Let me circle um, back on that one. Yeah. <laughs> the only downside was like just saying it, I thought would be weird because disgusting baseball, just because the word disgusting is disgusting, but it also sounds like disgusting and it feeds off the, uh, the guardians last year when somebody said they were, they played a disgusting brand of baseball and got rewarded for it. <laughs> I forgot too. just look, I was trying to find that tweet and looking back, um, that was a big thing for a while. <laughs> Everybody was saying, I love this disgusting brand of baseball. So you know what? I think this was a good choice. I didn't like, you know, obviously there's a lot of talk about the shift and stuff too. And um, I'm sure some of our listeners um, still follow it. Maybe they don't, I don't know. Follow Louis Paulus on Twitter, uh, former yeah, editor. He of, a really good thing. Yeah. But yeah, he put, yeah, he wrote an article on his, um, on his subsect that they're talking about um, the shift ban and everything. And like the BABIP in spring trainer right now is now up to something like 321, which would be the highest ever, which if you kind of compare that to how it drops from spring training to um, the regular season, it would still be about 305, which would be, again, the highest batting average on balls in play in the history of baseball, which 
Matthew, I am so looking forward to being instead <laughs> irritated by balls that I thought were going to be caught or thought going to be a hit ending up in a man's glove, just squirting through the infield again. Like the number of times I think back to specifically uh, Miguel Cabrera hitting just a hot grounder right up the middle to drive in a run and just shatter my heart again between about 2011 and 2014. It's just something that's seared in my brain forever. And we're, just, we're back to that, baby. And I can't wait for it, honestly. And yeah. the guard It's kind of funny that it. your <laughs> excitement is the opposite of Louis's um, reaction because <laughs> he didn't like I know. Yeah, he's, he's really down on it. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, he's a big, one of the smartest people I've ever interacted with when it comes to talking about baseball. And um, he got to work for a team for a while. And uh, obviously, he's, I understand the, the point of view, like that. If you can't beat the shift, it's your own fault. Um, and this is just something, you know, it's, a, it's an artificial thing. You know, it's like you watch the World Baseball Classic and, like, some of the players, like, you know, they, they, I remember they, they, there was, I saw a clip from Shohei Otani walking up, expecting someone to check his hand for sticky stuff. And they're like, we're not doing that here. So, like, all the rules are different. It's kind of like when the, in the NBA, like, they'll go and play international. It's all a little bit weirder. Like, no other league or anything, like, no other league around the world has the, the same um, strictures. So, it is a little weird that, you know, America is doing it and no one else is, but I don't care. Like, dumb, dumb little grounders are fun and, I, and they make me laugh. And even if they're less valuable than, you know, I remember there were a bunch of articles that, like, Mike Petriello and some other guys um, at MLB.com wrote about how the impact will be will be more negligible than you think. Like, who will benefit from it? Not many people. Like, one or two people might see a spike in their batting average that will actually matter in the corresponding drop they'll see in their slugging percentage. I always but, thought it was going to be more than their hypothesis, though. <laughs> I'm closer to what I think Louis stumbled on, which is the backup yeah. is going to be quite a bit higher. One has to assume, also, and like I don't want to say that like guys like Petriel are like banging the you know the company drum or anything like that, but every now and then you'll read like, every time you read an article at any of the MLB.com sites, I I feel like I have to take it with a grain of salt because it's literally the company telling you. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it, it's it's no different in a sense than. I don't know. A, a, this is a horrible exa- example, but Norfolk Southern releasing of a press release about how nothing, nothing is bad about the stuff being released in the air. It's like that's you know, I, I don't know if I believe you, buddy. You're the one who needs this to be a good thing. Like, so you know, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Louis' thing is the lose letter. If nobody already already subscribes. That's a Substack, which is really good. I, I think. Yeah, uh, if you want to learn about cheesesteaks or cooking yeah. or <laughs> politics or baseball, it's honestly it's a wonderful smorgasbord of crap. Um, yeah, it's all good. good. It's all good. Not bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good crap. So, spring training news: there is not um, much because we're just kind of in the doldrums of spring training. W the WBC has kind of blocked that the worst part of spring training, which is now oh when baseball games are going. But none of them mean a whole lot. But the Guardians did. It's time to start trimming um, rosters down. Bo Naylor, George Valera, Joey Cantillo have all been optioned. Um, I don't think anything is a big of a surprise there. We'll talk about Naylor and our over unders, but. Like it's kind of clear he needed to go to AAA, and then obviously George Valera and Joey Cantillo are both different degrees of injured. They're not going to be on the opening day roster, clearly, um, so they're going to go to AAA to start. So nothing terribly surprising out of the roster cut so far. I don't, I don't know that we will um, get anything that'll be mind-blowing before then, other than like a reliever. Yeah, I think that's pretty much what we expected. I mean, honestly, I think the most fun part of spring training is those first like week and a half, because A, baseball game, but two, like all these weird guys I've never I would I would never see before and will you know may never see again. And I mean a lot of them you still won't even see they're, they're not going to make it to the majors. It's just a lot of players don't. This will be the only time you get to see them. Right, like exactly. uh, Roman so. Quinn, then remember when he was totally going to make the opening day roster and now that seems 
virtually zero just because he had a good couple first games of spring. But that was fun. That's the thing that doesn't happen if there's no um, spring training. So just not worth reading too much on anything that happens, but it, it does happen. And Roman Quinn is not quite as good. No, it's, it, 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 you know, it, it takes a, an outsized performance to force your hand. And obviously we saw it last year with Quan. I mean, I don't know if we're seeing it this year with someone like Will Brennan, but just because if anything else, he's going to make the the roster as a fourth outfielder or something like that, just because he is talented and young and cheap. But outside of that, like I, just, I don't think we're actually seeing anything special or surprising going on. So it's like, what day is it? When is the season starting? Is, is the entire uh, operation going on here? So yeah, yeah, it starts uh, the very end of God March thirtieth at ten. March thirtieth. Nine forty PM Eastern Time for all the, the the Guardians faithful out there. I already took the next day off from work, so there you go. I could watch that game. <laughs> yeah, that's a Thursday too. So then you'll you'll just have Friday, and you can be up till start at nine forty again for that one. <laughs> Going to Saturday half asleep. It'll be great. Um, the one thing about the the demotions I saw was a Joey Cantillo, which I, I don't think anybody really thought he'd be starting, but it sounded like he wasn't not upset, but he. I mean, I, I guess upset in a way that he didn't get the the start because Terry Francona said he's, quote, he's a kid that's coming off some arm issues last year. He's ultra competitive kids. So we didn't want to hear the message from us that he was getting set down, which isn't so bad. But sometimes you got to protect the kids from themselves. So it sounds like he was he just wanted to be up um, regardless of his injury and the status of the roster, which I would assume every player is. Like even, oh, yeah. I'm sure Roman Quinn feels like he should be on the roster and is going to be upset if he gets cut. It's just that's the athletic uh, mentality you have to have when you're at this level. But I always do kind of like, as long as it's not like they're throwing chairs or whatever. I, I always like hearing that kids are upset about being sent down. I think that's a good sign that obviously Cantillo wants to be up and, and pitching in the majors and he's going to start into the, the minors. And I would imagine one of, as long as he's healthy and, and pitches well, one of the pitchers we'll see this year at some point. Yeah, it would be weird to have a, a bad player have, not bad, I don't think he's bad, but you know, a, a guy who's not ready yet, but have a, have a good sense who is like, yeah, you're right, I stink. <laughs> I, I, I get it, I'll get my stuff, don't worry. I, 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 don't, I'll get an Uber, you don't have to drive me, I know. It's skip fine. I unpacked, don't worry, <laughs> you already called the Uber. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I mean, you know, and, and in a sense, I don't know, maybe it's uh, it's, it's, it's a good show that the, the, the just, you know, I, I'm not a big culture guy when it comes to specifically baseball, honestly, just because of what an independent sport it is. And you can have a team that, of players that hate each other and they can still win a championship. But right, you watched the Guardians last year and you're not a culture guy yet, Marin. I've never, no, listen, because they didn't win the championship <laughs> and a team of players who I just don't think like each other very much in the Astros did. So, you know, I mean, I just. <laughs> What, what, what am I going to say here, you know? They got Michael Brantley, though. He's the ultimate culture guy. That's true. Yeah, he's a sweet boy, and he definitely yeah. was very visible on that team all the time and definitely had a major impact well, <laughs> on them making the World Series. So that's I would point. say the Phillies were a culture team, right? They were. I mean, obviously, they had Bryce Harper, which helps I mean, a, a tiny would, bit, but they, they were basically... More of a like, vibes team. I mean, they were just... That's the just same a, thing as a culture team. That's the zoom term for a culture big, team. I, I don't think of culture of big, dumb guys is, is a proper... <laughs> like, I think someone referred, I can't remember which podcast it was, but they referred to just the Himbo team. And I, just, I don't know if that's a purposeful culture you build. but <laughs> If it works, yeah. it works. That's kind of like it, the, uh, that's the Philly thing too. That's like when John Crock played and that was their whole thing. They were just big dumb guys who hit baseballs. And that's also a very I cool mean, looking thing. back, it's, it's kind of like what, it's kind of just what Dave Dombrowski likes out of his team. Just a, yeah. just a bunch of big doofuses just across the ball. Like when you look back to the. You know, the Tigers, Red Sox. Marlins, the Tigers, the, the Red Sox, to a degree. Like, he's the reason that J.D. Martinez ended up there. I mean, what does that guy do? He just hits dongs. It's literally his name. So, 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he created a culture of, of, of doofery, and baseball itself is a culture of big idiots who have never, you know, never grown up. So maybe that's what he leans into, and, and it works. Um, and we love them for it. We, we want to hug all our, all our big, beautiful boys, don't we? We sure do. <laughs> um, so speaking of big, beautiful boys, we'll start with, I guess, a relatively small big, beautiful boy in Bo Naley. Um, I mean, he's a catcher, so he's not like six eight or anything but dance um, anything else <laughs> our over unders uh, just a preview of the year starting with nailer uh, zips has him 477 plate appearances 14 home runs nine stolen bases 10.5 percent walk rate 30 percent strikeout rate 2.3 war do you go over and under on that one 116 games go under on that one uh, 477 plate appearances that's just i mean i'm sorry like the, a lot of that's waiting is coming from his defense which would be wonderful I know I was shot down for writing an article about this within our uh, Slack chat, but you know, obviously Mike Zeno is very much a, uh, a placeholder of sorts. But I just—you weren't shot down. I just don't. think You that. guys were all mean to me, and I felt. <laughs> I just don't think that the blocking stat matters that much. I think it's going to be fine. They're not. You were very—he's definitely a placeholder. You're not wrong. But <laughs> it was an unkind experience. Um, no, well, but like again, are. like I think I think he'll get three hundred. I think he'll get over three hundred plate appearances. I don't even know if he'll get that many, honestly. I think if he gets 250, that'd be a surprise. But I think the batting line is probably a little lower than what we'll actually see. I like that walk rate. But yeah, that's, that's encouraging. But I, I think you got to go under on probably right about yeah. on will be. Yeah, the strikeout rate is, I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, I saw what he looked like when he was in the majors for all of, what, five games? He looked completely over his head. Um, but I don't know. That's the thing. Like, you look at his, even his numbers in the in the minors. He didn't strike out a ton. Like he, I guess he had one year where he had over 30, 30% strikeout rate, but it dropped the next year. So he could be that kind of guy who kind of takes a year to kind of get his legs under him. And we'll see how he performs this year in Columbus because he was good good last year. What, 15 dingers, 20, 290 plate appearances, walks 12, almost 30% of the time. My God damn. Um, what a menace. Uh, so, yeah, I just you, you have to go under, though, just because that's just – I don't think they're going to play him that much. As much as this is a team that's built for the future and trying to get its young guys kind of folded into the mix, Francona is going to, especially a catcher, I just think he's just his his tendencies will sh- shine too heavily and he'll just want to go to Zanino because he trusts him. I mean, you can't obviously go to bang the drum of the pitchers are more used to him because obviously they've never thrown to him, but Zanino is also been around. The, been around for a while and knows how to catch pitchers who th- throw dirty breaking balls. I mean, you know, you Played before the Mariners, he played for the the Rays. Two got two teams that can, you know, the pitchers can really spin the ball. So I just you got to go under. I don't know what do you think? Yeah, no, I think the fact that he was optioned and no one really said a single thing about um, like service time manipulation. I think everybody kind of gets it. <laughs> Not that people's opinion on Twitter matters what what the team will actually do, but I think and nobody's in denial that he's he's perfectly finished product and ready to play. Um, I mean, he's only what twenty three. He just turned twenty three in February. Yeah. So I mean, there's no doubt he's he's not going to play that much, and even when he does, I don't know. I think that slash line is probably about right. I think I'll probably get on base a little more, maybe. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think he'll have a, a perfectly fine rookie season whenever he starts. And I, I think we also should mention because it kind of came up more today than usual because the Will Brennan article. Because we'll talk about the the insane um, plate appearances Zips has for him. I know that Ooh. Zips. We know that Zips is not like these are not somebody saying he's going to get these many plate appearances. It's just like. Yeah, average in the last few years, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think these are more fun than like I specifically didn't want the human element of like depth chart and steamer and and humans all those. Are scum, that, so yeah, <laughs> we don't want humans. This is just us versus the cold hearted robots. Because because I want to look at like the high end of 
what this could could spit out for them to be because some of them we've been over but but we think they're going to play a lot i think it's more of a fun conversation to to look at like the robot says he's going to have 116 games behind the plate and that's kind of insane and probably not but i think it's baseball prospectus where in their projections on their website you can look at because you know most projections that you get like zips for instance is like the the median like kind of the 50 percent like this is what we it's all averaged out to of like all the 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 possible permutations of what his season could be like and looking at like a like a, like a whatever a, a pakoda like the 90 the 90th percentile version of him you're like, yeah this is the one that's gonna happen actually i feel way better than this because you know you can always like so many times the guys will quote unquote outperform their projections and it's like yeah that makes sense like this is just based on what they've done and it's kind of taking an average of several different calculations of it effectively um, and so it's fun. I was fun. It's like, yeah, so 90, 90th percentile bone ale or 7.6 wins above replacement. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, hell yeah, baby. Uh, but also, too, like catcher is just one of those p- positions where you don't really go up quick, right? It's it's such a – you can't just you – know, it's, it's not like any other position. There's so much more to it. Like you look at someone like Adley Rutschman is a great example of this. He's already 25. Like I say already, 11 years younger than I am, but – uh, he's already 25. He's like, basically you, you a think, dinosaur at this point. Like, well, I, I, but that's the thing. Like, you think of him as he's a rookie. You literally had, is he still rookie eligible? Like, he, he's just barely not eligible um, for a you know rookie whatever uh, this year. Um, but and also he was terrible for the first half of the season last year. And for B, a, it's hard to hit major league pitching. B, he had to perform in the goddamn AL East. Like you know, you look at the first half. He had two twenty two, three hundred two, four twenty. In the second half, it his OPS jumped one hundred and fifty points. Basically, now his catching got better too. Like it's just it's a position that's hard. You have to know the pitchers. You have to know the game. You have to read everything. And now the added rule is a little weird. You have to be, be able to back pick really well now. Probably, but yeah. I'm completely fine with Bone Aller not coming up right now because I, don't, I haven't looked into like how many great catchers debuted before their age twenty one season. I don't know. Probably less than you think. So. I could use them. I could use the internet to find out. But anyway, <laughs> but it's probably not many in there. But probably not many. They probably yeah, weren't exactly. great in their rookie year, and they did anyway. It's it's one of those positions where you don't want to come up until he's absolutely completely ready and everything. And just because so much can go wrong if he's not good, you know what I mean? It's not just oh he's not performing, and so now we have a black hole in the lineup. Like if he's taking his lack of performance to the into the field, that impacts literally everything. And yeah, and I think it's it's kind of also a no shit observation but it's also the reason why i think the mike Steenon signing was so good it's it's just enough that you got a catcher who could be really good and you won't need to worry about nailer or also you're not committed enough to him where it doesn't matter if he's not good. it was like six million this year like if no nail is good enough and he comes up and you can push him to the side you're not gonna cry too much over that that lost bit as opposed to like signing a guy for three years or whatever so i i was on board with getting sean murphy at one point and maybe it will be end up being better they would have gotten him and and if Bonella doesn't pan out but as far as figuring about this year I don't think they could have done much better than getting Mike Zanino on this one-year deal um, and and either potentially using him as the backup if Bonella is good enough or just letting Zanino ride the whole year as long as he can and let Naylor be the backup towards the end of the year I think there's there's no wrong way to handle Bo Naylor um, other than bringing him up right away which would probably would have been the wrong way but that's not what they're doing so it's there's no bad way to end for him I don't think at this point Oh, Johnny Bench did come up very young and was very good. Uh, <laughs> he was all right. <laughs> his age, Jesus Christ, he was good. <laughs> but anyway, um, I just, I just, just big hands. Right. You know that, Merritt? He's got huge he, hands. He has like nine burgers. <laughs> he fucking rules. 
Um, anyway, yeah, I, I just I did a quick search of, of guys under 20, 22 or under with um, played catcher uh, more than 80% of their games in a single season uh, with the Windsor replacement of four. It's been done nine times, and four of them are Johnny Bench. Three of them are Johnny Bench, excuse me. So all this to say, Johnny Bench was worth <laughs> just one of those guys. Are like, oh, right, he was an absolute god. <laughs> oh, right, Ugh. Johnny Bench. Yeah, um, yeah, he was uh, eighteen point six wins above replacement in his, between age twenty and twenty two. So, I think honestly, and that's the number where like, if Bo Naylor gets that many wins above replacement in his career, like nice, all right. Yeah, I think they've, um, they've done all right at that point. But I'll say again, it, it's just it's not a, it's not a position that lends itself to being great early. It's definitely you kind of got to work your way into it. And I, I think a lot of teams understand that. Uh, next one, Aaron Savali, twenty one games, one hundred nine innings pitched. Um, 4.21 ERA, 1.2 WAR. Um, this one, Quincy's or who did this one? Was it Quincy? Yeah, Quincy took the under, and I think I agree with him um, on the under. The the vote really? was mostly over, which yeah. uh, apparently by your reaction, that's where you are too. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, I want to believe in Aaron Savali, but it's just it's uh, basically what Quincy's determination was, just down to the injuries. He's just had so many random weird injuries. I want to at least see him get one year without those. I, I basically feel like this could be a spot on prediction everywhere with between the innings pitch, the game started um, the ERA. Like I think he's going to be perfectly fine. Number four and five, maybe not the first pitcher replaced, but maybe he doesn't finish the year. He's just hurt too much or one of the other young guys ready to come up. But I don't know. I, I, I want to believe in Aaron Savali. He's got the fun edge stuff like Phil Maton a couple of years ago with the really high spin rate. And I want to see him put it together, but at the same time, maybe he could be amazing this year just because of how much stuff he tinkers with. And if something clicks this year, like it did in his rookie year, maybe he's he's really good again. But for now, I, I would take the under on this one. I just, he was so, like, once he got healthy last year, like, basically, he yeah, came he back from injury. like a month, right? Well, he, he had two months, basically. He had eight starts between August 10th and the end of the year. And uh, that's when, when he was finally, because, like, you know, he's like four starts to start the season. He missed some time and three starts in May, two in June. Three in July. I mean, we're talking, and and, and that when, when, once he got healthy, it was a three fifty five, three thirty five ERA, three forty two fielding independent. Um, I mean, I, I, I just only because, and maybe this is hyper recency bias, just see, because of I'm remembering that part more than the first half. But he just seemed to be getting better. And on top of that, you know, like how many earned runs did he even have last year? Like total, he had fifty three total earned runs, and like. 12 of them came in the first two games or something like that. Um, actually, he had a stretch of four games where 22 of his 52 earned runs came. So that's just when he was way off and definitely hurt, and there was definitely a problem going on there. I just, I think, to your point, it's obviously, like, will he be able to throw 190 innings? And I think he will. I, th- I think, I don't know, he he's, hasn't shown any issues so far in spring training that I know of, and he's just getting better. Granted, he's never... He's always been a, a, a pitcher on the margins, like very, very much on a razor's edge. I guess he might be one guy who gets impacted kind of negatively by the shit, by the lack of being able to, being able to shift a bit. But you know, the team's sort of good, good defensively behind him. I, I think that's gonna be less of a problem than, than we think about. So, yeah, I just think that if he can get to 130 innings, which I think he will, I know that's more than he's ever pitched in a single season in the majors. 124 that he got in 2021, which was also his. Worst wins of ever placement output, somehow. God, wins is wins of replacement is weird. Um, I don't know. I th- I think he can. I think he can top that. I mean, one point two from a starter who, and they're saying he's going to have twenty one starts. It just seems so low. I guess I don't know. I th- I think he can get to twenty five starts, and we, we'll be able to see it. 
think he's got two wins, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm an optimistic guy, and I like Aaron Savali. And like you said, he's got a lot of interesting stuff going on. I think he figured some things out last year, too, as far as, like, what actually works, considering, again, he only throws – not very hard at all. Um, <laughs> just a so. billion pitches, though. You can just bring exactly. Out like you look at his pitch type stuff, and it's all like you throw twenty five percent this and twenty percent this, and it's all like throw normal. And he's like, never, I'll never throw normal. And you can't make me. <laughs> and his his innings pitch like the uh, the steamer and depth chart a lot. They kind of agree with you more, which like round twenty four starts they have him for, which which again is not far off from what uh, just the raw zips has met, but. So I was looking down the stretch, not to besmirch the great name of Aaron Savali. And I think he could get to like 3.35. Like if he has a really good season, I could see him potentially getting that. But he also pitched against the Tigers twice, the White Sox, the Rangers, and the Royals twice down there. Which, I mean, he's still got to be a good pitcher. It's not nothing, but. Are you bringing context into this conversation? It was was the Tigers and the Royals. I mean, he did place the, the Mariners and Dodgers in there, and he was fine. He was really good against the Dodgers, only for... All right, but he also gave up six runs minutes. and four innings against the, the Oakland Athletics on April 29th. Like, <laughs> you still, still got to pitch. You still got to be better than nothing, but maybe there's a little bit of contact there towards the end. I, he definitely looked like a better pitcher. You're right. I just looked at the... It was kind of funny seeing the schedule that he pitched against there, but... Some trash. Yeah, <laughs> the Padres were in there. He's pretty good. You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I get the dominant... God, he had so many good starts against such shitty teams. <laughs> I think over or under it's going to be close either way. I think this is a pretty accurate um, projection, playing time wise, stat wise, everything. What is what is baseball reference projected amount to? Oh, what's his arm Sorry, our arm, our glove. Uh, you don't know anything. First of all, <laughs> <laughs> they they do project him out to having uh, pitching 121 innings. So, but, but yeah, basically yeah. the same as yeah, 24 starts or so. Um, McKenzie, 26 starts, 25 games, 162 innings pitched. 24.6 strikeout rate, 5.4 walk rate, 3.61 ERA, 2.7 WAR. Uh, much like I said with Emmanuel Classe last week, I would just basically take whatever the over was. I wouldn't. I didn't even look. I'd over Tristan McKenzie. I, I feel like no matter what the projection is, he can probably beat it next year. There's just so much I like about what he's done and what he can be. I think he's focused more on purely being just the four seam curve slider. Like last year, completely cut off the the changeup, which I think was good for him. I'd, at this point, just go with those three unless you. Something really clicks with the uh, with the changeup, and just looking at his baseball savant stuff last year, like his curveball, it was it got more whiffs and it's still really good. It just got barreled a few more times, and I noticed that like there's more run to it last year than there was in 2021. Um, that year when it was also really good, and I did, almost never got barreled up. It was basically the same run as a slider, but just it dropped way more. So I think that's one thing like you could just fine tune that a little bit more and tunnel those pitches, and that'll just be. Um, Combining not having that changeup that just got hammered and then pairing those two pitches well, I think he can be even better than the what the like two point nine six area last year. I think he could easily hit that again because remember he's only twenty five. I know you said before one guy was already twenty five, but also mackenzie has been in the league three years, um, and he's only twenty five, and he could still potentially pack on a little bit more muscle. And his velocity has already helped by being having the wingspan of a pterodactyl. So <laughs> I, I just think like he's got so much going for him. I can only get better. And his strikeout rate was weirdly low last year. So that gets back up again, whether it's, whether he does find the changeup or the extra velocity or, or pairs the curveball and slider a little better. I think there's, despite how good he was last year, I think there's room for growth and more than what the projections have met. I think you're right. I mean, I would honestly be comfortable just saying, because what was it? 2.7? Uh, yeah. I think it'll be more, yeah, three, because you're 3.6 last year, 191 innings. I mean, obviously, no, I just keep circling back to the inning count on this one, but again, assuming he gets up near 200 innings or even just gets, you know, 28 starts, which is you know, more than what Zips projects him out to be. 
It's always weird, like yeah, and he'll come in relief for some reason. All right, whatever, man. Yeah, I think he'll. I think he can cry. It's just it, that one does seem conservative for a twenty-five-year-old who has generally gotten better every single year. I mean, obviously the ERA has kind of bounced back and forth a little bit, but he's he's gotten more effectively better. I think every single year. The only thing that's really gotten worse would be like strikeout rates, but. But at the same time, his walk rate went down. Exactly. (laughs) He cut his walk rate more than half, like between one year and the next. And he's just been so effective with it. I mean, I'm still, I'm not like skeptical every time I watch him pitch. I'm just, I think I'm more just like amazed at how effective he is sometimes. Because I'm just like, but he's so so skinny. What's going on here? (laughs) Like, will he break? I'm worried. (laughs) He did. Uh, He's always way more dominant than like game to game. He looks more dominant than you think he'd be. He he always is. Exactly. Like, he, he's very much a pitcher where, like, I, like someone like like um, like Bieber, I watch, and you can just see him shitting on people, um, or you know, even even greater pitchers than Bieber. Obviously, you, know, you see a who's a good pitcher, um, who's good these days, Matt. Who's a good Shane pitcher? Bieber, damn it, maybe said that one. Uh, <laughs> Garrett Cole. <laughs> uh, yeah, you see Garrett Cole like, go there and just mow people. Like, yeah, of course he's ridiculous. He's huge. But then, like, like Mackenzie's one where like I'm watching him pitch, and like it seems like he's like fighting at times, but. You look at, at the end of the game, he's gone seven innings, allowed two or three runs, he struck out eight, and you're like, nice. All right, we can do this. We can work with that. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think he can crest, I think he can crest that. I, I would take that over. Not like I – th- I think he could probably match his numbers from this year. So a 3.6 wins by replacement pitcher is everything you can want, and I think that's what we can get out of him this year. Yeah, if, he, if that's his peak, I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, yeah, for just, a few more years. just chilling out. Yeah, th- three and a half to four wins, like – you make a lot of money doing that as a pitcher, and you can you can win a lot of games doing that too. So yeah, uh, James Karinchak, fifty five games, fifty four innings pitched, three point three three ERA, point six WAR. I guess sure. I, I don't know what to think of James <laughs> Karinchak anymore. Um, it, it looked like he just couldn't figure out how to pitch when the sticky stuff got banned, and then he figured it out. He struck out a ton of batters, and I I always forget. I go look at his his Fangraphs page, and barely over two ERA last year. Like mentally, I remember being so bad at times and having that huge walk rate, but he does it and he probably will again. He'll probably get more innings because last year he got, wasn't he sent down? He was injured. I think he got, yeah, he missed some time. He he 39 innings. Yeah, exactly. Like he didn't pitch very much at all. He was very much a second half guy. But to your point, yeah, he's everything I just said about McKenzie. Like you look at the numbers afterward and you're like, really, how dominant he was, even though it was like, this is insane. Like he's just like, because he's just wiggling and like sweating and screaming. Like every single one of his, his outings is just, Experience, uh, and, and I, I the only thing that's going to be with him is the uh, the pitch clock if it affects him. But I, I think he'll he'll figure that out. At some, I, I think I, everybody I, will. Yeah, I think he settled down after a little bit in, in in spring training. Like it's just one of those things where the first couple you know days it was going to be strange, but once you get kind of back in the groove, that's why I'm, you know you wonder about these guys um, at the WBC how they're, they're going to come back to like this much more structured environment. Um, but I I've, I see no reason why he won't hit these numbers again. Like I don't know. He, like you said, he's he figured out how to work with the lack of sticky stuff. They're probably doing the same thing everyone else is. They're just using rosin and sunscreen again, or whatever the hell, or you know whatever the hell is in his hair and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Only thing that I could see victimizing him is just his insane fly ball rates. You know he's not going to get hurt all that much by uh, what do you call it uh, balls. You know. Ground balls up. He doesn't give a lot of ground balls. So yeah, he's one person who the shift will not matter unless they. Yeah, exactly. People, more people start shifting the outfield. Maybe it'll. I don't know. Benefit him better if, he, if anything. Yeah. So yeah, point six just seems only because like we're talking about him 
throwing. He threw 27 innings in 2020. Good lord, he was worth 1.1 wins of replacement. So I think if he gets to 54, yeah, he'll be like a he'll be like a 1.5 kind of a guy because I think his walk rate will continue to be you know not de- not detrimental. I guess would be one <laughs> way to look at it. Uh, and he'll just um, I don't know. It'll be an experience every time he goes out, and we'll just not have to worry about it too much. Uh, last one for this week. Uh, Will Brennan was today's article. Um, 126 games, 555 plate appearances, eight home runs, 10 stolen bases, 96 WRC plus, 1.4 war. Um, so obviously the, the plate appearance is just based on the fact that he played a shitload in AAA last year. Um, I guess between AAA and AA, he played, played a ton. Uh, 129 games altogether in the outfield. So I don't I, I think both of them. I think like Zips is wrong, obviously. He's not going to get that many, but also like the actual plate appearance predictor ones are also i don't think he's going to get only 70 games is what depth chart has or um the bat has 81 i think he gets more than that we talked about it last year i think he could start in the outfield this year and be quote unquote a fourth outfielder but still get plenty of at bats um, early on in the season and then maybe prove he can take over for somebody so i think it's going to be somewhere in between these i think he'll also be um a little better than zips has him at which was the 257 315 372 slash i think steamer's probably closer which had him at 272 327 398 um, a little bit more of everything there for him. I think he'll be closer to that and and get. I don't know. I think eventually he's going to be the everyday outfielder somewhere. I think he's. I think he's really good. I don't think he's going to be like Stephen Kwan come up and be that good. But I think he'll sneak yeah. into. He'll be like the the batting equivalent of Tristan McKenzie. <laughs> like you'll just look and he's he's been good for a long streak and now he's in right field every day. And all right, let's here we go. Yeah, I know someone. Someone on the in the comments of the on the on the article was like, "It'll be like a one thirty WRC plus hitter." Like, what? Like, that's good. <laughs> that makes the third best hitter on the team. Like, yeah. I think if he does, like you said, like what he, like what Steamers projected him out to was like a one hundred seven WRC plus. I think that's found money right there. Quite honestly, I think if he can pull that off, um, hell yeah, dude. Because that's only seventy games. Like that, that'd be great. Like for for effectively a rookie, like. He's not going to be a, you know, three fifty seven, four hundred, five hundred hitter guys. It's not going to happen. Not with a four point four percent walk rate. And that's the thing. Like, he never walked a ton. He always walked at an above average rate, but also never struck out a ton. So, yeah. And we were kind of mentioning the slack too that I think the the hate for Straw and the love for Will Brennan are like on the opposite end of extremes. So it's like people immediately just put Will Brennan in center field over Straw, which I don't think will happen quite that quickly. I think. Straw only has to, I mean, we've mentioned this so many times. Straw has to do the bare minimum on offense to be an extremely valuable player. Maybe he won't, but he has to do so little, and they're already committed to him for a few years that I think, unless he's just god awful, he's going to still be the center fielder, and and Brennan will just platoon and and get in there, but still get plenty of at bats and eventually take over. Maybe it's for Straw, maybe it's Oscar and Zolson Wright or somewhere, but I I just don't think Straw is, is immediately terrible as everyone wants him to be. No, Brennan's very much and very obviously just because of where other guys kind of are in their in their growth in the system. He's very much the next man up, like you said. Like if someone really starts struggling, he's going to get consistent playing time. Worst case scenario, you know, they start platooning him with maybe with um, Gonzalez or something. Um, but even if you know you, you mentioned Straw, obviously, even if he hits basically what what Fangraphs the bat projects him out, projected Brennan out to hit two fifty nine, three eleven, three sixty seven. I think we're all happy with that, honestly. Because adding into defense there, then oh, he's going to be a three-win player effectively. But Brennan, Brennan's going to get his chances. Um, it's I wish he could hit for any more power than he actually can. But what are you gonna, he hit a home run today, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I just the the, the the zips was hilarious because you're like, how many? All right, whatever. <laughs> so like you said, I, I think he's he's a very much a guy who can be 
an effective player, um, not a star. I don't. I know someone. I, can't, I think it was in the, in the in the comments or maybe, but said he was a Brantley type of hitter, and I'm like, I don't see that at all. Like he's never performed in any way that the way Mike Michael Brantley. I mean, I guess 311, 382, 504, and AA, but I don't know. I, I guess that could be his ceiling is Michael Brantley, but that, again, that's a that's a ceiling. That's not like what I expect him to to pull off effectively. You know, I think he's more of like a, a lesser Stephen Kwan than Michael Brantley because like Brantley's thing was always his. I mean, it was his plate approach and and not striking out, but also it was the sneaky power that made him take made him from like just a plate approach guy to being Michael Brantley. It was like the the twenty home runs he could hit in any given year. I don't think Will Brennan quite has that, so he's just not a Michael Brantley quite yet. I mean, I of course he could evolve into this. that, but to, Brantley in in Mike Brantley's def- in, in in Brennan or whoever's I don't know who I'm defending here, but. Uh, <laughs> Brantley did, was not a power hitter for no, not a power hitter, but it's it's more well, than like two or three home runs that. a year. I mean, his first two came out in two thousand eleven, yeah, eleven, twelve, and thirteen. Like he was a barely average hitter. Like we're talking about like ninety four to ninety to a hundred WRC plus. Yeah, and, and see, then, he wasn't Michael Brantley then. He was just he got dad Michael strength Brantley. exactly. He yeah. had a kid, and then he got <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he got dad strength from carrying. You know, it's isometrics. You, you carry a small child around all winter. You're going to get better <laughs> core strength, better biceps. Your everything's going to be better. You're more toned. Yeah. Um, so what we're saying is, well, Brandon should have a kid. <laughs> Everybody should have a kid. Get a kid. Yeah, why not? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, so I, again, I, I I think his I think his peak could be yeah like a twenty twenty five home run Michael Brantley type Seven, seventeen to twenty two maybe I don't know. That's, I think we're basically agreeing now. That he's we are, we are, but, you're being, but you're making me defend something. I'm not even sure what. <laughs> he is pressured. kind of like pre-power surge Michael Brantley. That's he is. No, he, I mean, you're right. He, he really is. But like that's you. not the great I, – I wouldn't say he's a Michael Brantley hitter without having the power in his later years, like the, the doubles power and the 15 to 20 home runs. I think that's what makes him – more than just a guy with a really good plate approach was the power. I, I don't know if Will Brennan has Matt it. Matt is dumb, and and also <laughs> uh, Will Brennan is not Michael Brantley. So it's going to be a long title with bad SEO, that's for sure. Everybody's searching for Michael Brantley right now. They'll want that. His contact rate was only 83%. Come on, that's nothing like Michael Brantley. <laughs> it was 10 points higher than that consistently every single year. Earlier today, I asked on Twitter and Facebook. Anybody had questions? Um, didn't get a ton. I think everybody's kind of just watching the WBC. and They can ask us about that, too. Yeah, that, too. Um, <laughs> but Americanuck, I like that name. Is it Amer- It's either American, UK, or it's like Americanuck, like American and Canuck. Either one, I think, is cool. Um, asked on Twitter, guards over under 180-plus wins. 180. No, 100-plus wins on 180. I don't know why I keep saying that. Damn. Um, do the Guardians merit reach 100 wins this year? Can they even win 180 games? You can't win 180 games, can you? Did you just run the math on that one? Well, 162. Let me get the calculator. Four in the World Series, four in the ALCS. Oh, you don't count those. That wouldn't. Four, count eight. Me. Shut up. I'm I'm doing it now. Look at me count them. That's up to 170. And count um, the spring training games. You get over. I can count those, I guess. Uh, then three more in the ALDS. Uh, they would not play in the wild card probably because know. they won 162 games. Fucking so the Yankees most, like, would go I'm, 163 and 0 somehow. I'm sorry, American. Maybe, yeah, maybe they get an extra one for some reason. Yeah, um, I'm sorry, um, extra or whatever, American. But they will not win 180 games. Uh, they will also not win 100. Uh, yeah, I think it's unfortunate. Under, yeah, I think the I, the balance schedule is going to hurt them because they just can't beat the piss out of the Tigers and Royals all year long. True, and but there's also other bad teams out there. They're going to get more chances to play teams like the Athletics and the. Um, I mean, none of those are as bad as the Tigers. That's <laughs> true. Really yeah, bad. and I'm thinking about all the bad um, teams like. 
Yeah. The Tigers don't have any good players. Even bad teams like the A's or the Angels rather have Shohei Otani and um, <laughs> Mike Trout. The Tigers like, have Spencer They got Torkelson. Guys, there's players on that team, I'm sure of it. <laughs> they do technically play the game of baseball. They have Javi is Baez. Anyone, is anyone bad in the AL East anymore? No, because the Orioles I mean, they're are... All, they're all 80-plus quality teams, you know, like as far as wins. At the very least, the Orioles are like on the upswing now compared to... Right, exactly. And like the Blue Jays are good. I, I guess the worst team in that division is technically the Red Sox. And I'm sorry, but there's just a lot of talent on that team. Like, like Someone's going to win 75 games in that division and just be miserable <laughs> because everyone else won 85 plus. And then I think West, the Guardians yeah. will be like 88, 89, 90, somewhere in there. I, I think I last mean, year a lot went really well for him, and maybe it won't all quite as much this year. And yeah, I mean, there's so many questions because so many so many guys kind of came out of nowhere. Like, and obviously the roster, as what happens every year, the roster we're looking at now is nothing like what we will see in September. I would say, I mean, I think they can get over ninety. I think they can win the division. Like you said, a lot had to go right, but oh, I think they'll absolutely win the division. I think the rest I, of the division will just be trash. So. I I think so. My my obviously my big worry points are right field to a lesser extent, second base offensively. Wait, second base, second base. Are you Andres Jimenez? Yeah, I just he just got so good so quickly. I was like, I don't know. It, it's just one of those things. Right? Obviously, he was excellent, but he was. Like, I don't know. Listen, that's just the way <laughs> I feel. Right. I'm sorry. Shortstop <laughs> was... too, to a degree, obviously, because like all of a sudden he was like a little more consistent. So I don't know. Yeah, but no, he got I, I posted. A thing today to ask, like, who would people extend a contract to? And I was kind of surprised. Jimenez. Everyone said Jimenez for that reason. I thought people would be kind of leery of a guy who just randomly broke out out of nowhere. I mean, it wasn't completely random. Like, there was some pedigree to it, but like that was a huge breakout, and everybody's ready to throw contracts at him. I thought it was. I thought it'd be more spread out. I thought it was kind of interesting that it was. Oh, I so be clear. I would have gone Jimenez as well. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I would extend any of them. That's that was the point. Is I, I want to give any of them a lifetime contract, but. I think I think extending Jimenez makes the most sense because it's the it's, it's the most premium. That's the third one, two, three, fourth most. Pre- Damn it, that's tip. Not very high anymore. Most premium <laughs> defensive position, <laughs> but he could also play shortstop. You know, Quan I like, but he's more he's as much a curiosity to me as an actual good player. <laughs> See, I thought Quan like as a guy you could get cheaper, so maybe he'd be an option because I don't think he's. I, I think Jimenez at this point you're going to be paying superstar money already, which is fine. It's not. I think my he's money the one that they will extend. To be clear, yeah, I think they, yeah, yeah, but yeah, Jimenez if he goes, even if he's like eighty percent of what he was last year, it's like shit. Well, he's gone. <laughs> yeah, two good years in a row, and he's he's going to be a free agent. I, I think yeah, that no, ship I, has sailed in signing him either way, but that's that's way off topic. I think the hundred yeah, wins. Never know. People like money, out. and they can offer him some money instead of you know, <laughs> no, some is better than none. You know, <laughs> anything could be in this box. It could be more money, but yeah, under a hundred wins, I think it, that would. That would be an awesome season if they're over 100 with this team. Like, I think their ceiling is like 95. Money. I think they could win 95 games. I could be talked into that. I mean, if Zanino comes back healthy, if we get the good version of Josh Bell, um, all the young guys weren't flukes, and the pitching holds up, Like, that's a really good team. That's just a lot of things that have to go well. Uh, I think if three of those five things go well, they're a 92-win team. And I think that's, you know, if two of those things go well, then shit has really hit the fan. And that's not, a, <laughs> that's not if- good. If we get to 95 wins, you could like five win, five games could flip flop and sneak your way over to 100, maybe. But that's you're sure, buddy. That's how things work. Okay, <laughs> that's exactly yeah, 100, 100 wins, whatever. It's the same it's as 95. If you get to 100, you can basically get to 120. I mean, it's basically right there. Everyone has always said 100 wins is easy, it's just like 95. <laughs> it's that's just fun. like 95. 
Um, our last question this week from Jake R. Brawny. Yes, who is the next pitcher to debut for the Guardians? And then, so we've kind of answered that one before, but in parentheses, one that isn't already in the 40 man roster, which I think kind of adds. Oh, Lord, I have no goddamn clue. You're asking the wrong guy. (laughs) I mean, this is where Tuki Toussaint comes in. He's not on the 40 man roster. Oh, shit, I forgot Tuki. That's right. He is out there. Yeah, I think it's probably going to be a reliever. I think Logan Island, maybe, um, because he's not on the 40 man roster yet. Um, Who is, I cannot think of his name. It's the guy who, like, He's a lefty. I got nothing for you. I'm sorry. I just I I'm, I'm Heron. For, Heron. Who is Heron? Dan Heron. Not Dan. Heron. Not, no, Tim not Heron. Dan Heron. Heron. <laughs> Tim Heron. I think he could be one. Um, he's on the roster. He's he's at least intriguing. I think he might make it somewhere as a middle reliever. Um, he's 26. Play a lot in AAA. Uh, it's going to be a reliever. I think. I don't think any starters are going to come up right away. And not, that aren't on the 40 man roster. Yeah. So basically, this one I, just, I don't think the the answer is that exciting. I think no. Yeah. The rotation we <laughs> we do apologize, but it'll be a reliever. I think Tuki Toussaint can be fun. I think Tim Heron could be fun, um, especially because Sam Hentges isn't going to be there now. I think Heron squeezes his way in there as a lefty. There. That's so gutting. <laughs> I think the bullpen's going to need more help than we want to admit right now. Even though they, they're really like, good with a few. But oh, Classe, Karen, Check, Morgan, De Los Santos. Like we're really running, running the list down quickly. All of a sudden. Oh God, it's gonna get hairy pretty quickly there. But uh, but also they have, I mean, depth for days. Stefan, obviously, but Trevor Stefan, he's he's all right. Oh, Tim Heron is in the forty man roster. God damn it, never mind. Uh, can I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think we'll I, see I, Tim Heron soon. Then, <laughs> but he's not the answer. Yeah, no, it'll be a reliever. It'll be somebody we haven't even thought of very much. But random name name face man. Yeah, we love <laughs> That's him. the one. We're all a fan. Uh, that'll do it for us this week, Merritt, on our somewhat inaugural episode of Disgusting Baseball. Also. Covering the Corner. You can still find us at CoveringTheCorner.com. Um, cover the Corner on Twitter and Facebook. I'm Matt R.L.Y. on Twitter. Mayor is at Merrill Lynch, like Merrill Lynch with Lynch. Mayor, talk to you next week. I'll be there.